Hey, so we're starting a brand new series today that I'm so excited about that's going to launch us into the summer called The Best Summer Ever. And here's why I wanted to do this series right now. It's because last summer, let's be honest, last summer was just awful, right? It's just nothing good about it. Everything was in lockdown. Nothing was open. We couldn't really go anywhere or do anything. And nobody really knew what to expect next. So we were all a little scared about what was going on last. But that was last summer, right? This summer, man, we're, we're moving in a new direction, right? Things are starting to open up. Um, back up and stuff. The CDC has just recently come out with some new um, information regarding masks and stuff like that. And, and a few of us are getting ready to travel again. And a few of you didn't get to go to the beach last summer because of everything that was going on. And you're like, this summer, I'm going for a month, right? Like, I'm just going to go and I'm just going to work. I'm just going to stay at the beach. I'm going to stay there. And I'm going to make up for lost time. And you know what? Things are going to get better, and things have been going better, not only in our personal lives, but also at the church. Man, we're getting so ready for everything coming up this summer. We've got kids' camps coming up. We've got over, Nathan was telling me, and I've already forgotten, but we've, we've got a ton of kids already signed up for kids' camp. We've got over 20, I think we've got like 25 students that are going to Sold Out Beach this summer. It's just great. So, with COVID kind of on the decline and the restrictions loosening up a little bit, I don't know about y'all, but here's where we are in the McElrath household. We are trying to make decisions right now on how to have the best summer ever, right? Because last summer was just not that great. But, but what about you? You know, what, what are you, are, are you trying to decide what's next? Because honestly, we've got a lot more options ahead of us. Now, Let's expand this thought out just a little bit more. Let's expand this past the decisions we're trying to make for the summer. And let's kind of drill down on this. What about the choices that we need to make and the decisions that are in front of us that are pretty big? Right? Choices of not only what to do this summer, but choices about what to do in the future. And some of us right now, we have some choices to make right? And we've got a choice at the beginning of the summer. We've got a choice coming up in this summer. We've got, we got this choice or this decision to make that's not only going to impact me now, but could impact the rest of my life. And it's a major decision. We all know that some of those decisions that we make in life can leave a huge impact. But let me give you a, a summer decision that I had to make that ended up not just impacting me right then and there, but impacting the rest of my future. And, and I know I sound like a broken record because I've used this illustration over and over again. So I apologize in advance if you've already heard this. But in my senior year, the summer before my senior year, going into that summer, I had a big decision to make. My dad had been asked to move from Waynesboro First Methodist to Cordial First Methodist. And he gave me the option because my grandparents still lived in Waynesboro. And I could stay and finish my senior year in Waynesboro, or I could move with the family and, and start my high school experience kind of over again my senior year in Cordial. And so that whole summer, there was a huge, right before that summer, was a huge decision that I had to make. So I walked around that whole, you know, those couple of months leading into the summer just asking myself, should I stay or should I go now? Because if I go, there will be trouble but if I stay, it might be double. How many of y'all love that song? Let me see. Yeah, okay, good. You got it. Okay. 
How many, you're going to have that song stuck in your head for the rest of the day, and you're welcome. Um, so, anyway, so, you know, the big decision that I was making, and so I chose to move with my parents to this spot on I-75 that basically was a place for you to fill up with gas when you're going from the north down to Florida. And we chose to move there, and I chose to move with my family, but I didn't realize how big of a decision that was. Because it was in that moment, it was at that place that I found the most beautiful girl that I've ever seen. And before long, I had convinced her and tricked her to go out on a date with me. And we started dating, and then years later, we're married, and then after that, we're having kids, and the journey just continues, right? So this was a big deal. So here's where I want to go with this. We all know that there are times that you got to make choices in life, and good choices will lead to success, right? But bad choices sometimes will lead to scars. So the issue that I want to explore over the next couple of weeks leading into the summer is how do I make good decisions? Okay, how, how can I make good choices? The, the kind of choices that not only will help me have the best summer ever, right, but even more than that. The kind of choices and the kind of decisions that I can make that will help me live into the fullness of what God wants. The fullness of God's plan and his purpose for my life. Because that's what we're really after, right? I don't want to just make these decisions based on what's good for me. No, 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 no. What I want, and hopefully what you want, is to make decisions based on what's good and in God's will. Because that's where we find joy. That's where we find peace, right, with whatever comes in our future, knowing that we're in God's will. Making great decisions is important. In fact, it says this in Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to start off here, and if you've got your message notes, you can follow along, but here's your first verse here in Proverbs chapter 2. Now, I also have um, something new for those of you that are here. We've got a great group that's here today. We've started printing up some message notes that you can have out in the foyer if you just want to grab one. They're blank pieces of paper that just say message notes. And what I've done is I put them in a little three-ring binder, put a little sticker on it so that I can keep these as message notes. So if you prefer, you know, now that we're kind of on the other side of things, if you prefer to write the message notes down, we've got those blank sheets of paper, and you can just get whatever binder you want and bring it with you to church, okay? And just grab a sheet and bring it in for the message notes. Um, Everybody else online... Um, you can open up the, the Ridge app and follow along. And those of you that are in here can do that also. But let's look at Proverbs chapter 2. It starts off here. Here we go. Decisions. He says, if you want better insight and discernment, learn the importance of reverence for the Lord and trusting Him. Uh, other, other places in Proverbs, it says, learn to fear the Lord. Understand who the Lord is. Like, have a healthy, like we were talking about earlier, having this healthy dose of realizing he is holy and he is mighty and I want to live into his plan because he shows us, keep reading, he shows us how to distinguish right from wrong and how to find the right decision every time. God is the one that shows us and wants to show us the best way forward. So what I want and what I hope you want is the wisdom that comes from God in making those decisions. And you know what? Forget my teenage high school example for a minute. Just, just forget that because that, that doesn't seem like a big deal maybe to you because that happened during my high school years because truth is, some of y'all, you've got some big decisions that you're facing right now, right now ahead of you that aren't only just going to impact your summer, but that's going to impact your future. And you want to know, man, how do I make the right decision? 
How do I make sure I'm doing what God wants me to do? And I want to help you with this. Okay, so here's what we're going to do each week through this series. What I want to do is I want to give you some guidance on how you can know what God wants you to do next. If you've got a decision, you've got a choice to make, I'm going to give you some things at the beginning of each message every week that we're going to build on of how you can know what God wants, okay? And then the second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a decision that needs to be made right here, right now. I'm going to give you a decision that you need to think about as you're moving into the summer so that you can not only have the best summer ever, but so you can have a better future living into God's plan and his purpose. Okay, so that's where we're going to be going over the next couple weeks. So let's jump in. Let me give you this first one, how to make great decisions. You got a decision that needs to be made. How can I know what God wants me to do right here, right now? Here's the first one in your message notes. Number one, is it in harmony with God's word? That's where we're going to start. Okay, we're going to start right here. This is the ideal test. When you're trying to make a decision in life, you're going to have to pause at some point and ask the question, what does God say about this. But, 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 here's the key, and here's the kicker. In order for this to really work, in order for this to really make sense, you have to determine what your authority is going to be. You got to determine where God's word ranks in your life, how important it really is, okay? Because Here's the deal. When you have an option, and where we're going to go with the rest of this message, really, is that when you have options in front of you and you got a decision to make, you really have two choices. Am I going to follow God's word or am I going to follow the world? Am I going to follow his word or I'm going to follow the world? And when it comes to following the world, I've said this time and time again. The world is constantly changing its opinion or the world has so many different opinions, doesn't it? On what it thinks is right and wrong, of what it thinks you should do next or what's appropriate for you to do next in that situation that you find yourself in, right? I think one of the best examples of all the different choices that there are in the world is at the world of Coca-Cola. Do you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have been to the world of Coca-Cola and you've tasted all those Cokes at the end? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you, be honest, did not like any of them and you pretty much spit most of them out back into the cup? Yes. Okay. I would venture to say, spoiler alert, 90% of the world does not make good choices when it comes to soda. Okay. It is not that good. It made me want to stand there and just say, America. (laughs) Because at least we know what we're doing when it comes to soda, right? So anyway, all these different choices and all these different opinions. And you know what's crazy? Is that not only are there so many different opinions, but it's constantly changing, isn't it? It always is. It always has. It always will. But God's word never changes. God's word will never change. It was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Look at what it says in Matthew 24. This is a great verse here. It says, heaven and earth will pass away. Everything else could pass away. But my word will not. My word will never pass away. This is Jesus speaking. Now, fortunately for us, God has given us the Bible, right? And in the Bible, in Scripture, that we have all these stories, we have these narratives, we have all these teachings that help 
us understand how to live this life. How to guide us through those next steps, even those confusing times. Right? And when we cooperate with God's word, when we live in God's word, when we understand his word, when we look to his word for guidance, guess what? When we follow it, that's when we find God's blessing. It's when we don't. It's when we do what the world says. It's when we do what we want to do outside of what God's word said. That's where we tend to get ourselves in a little bit of trouble. Now, the problem is when it comes to following God's word a lot of times is that we have a hard time following God's word because we want to understand everything. We're like, man, if I could just understand it, you know, I know I got all these principles for living, but I don't really understand why God said this or why God, you know what? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. You don't have to understand everything that God says in order for his word to be a blessing in your life. I'm not going to understand everything, and that's okay. At the end of the day, when it comes to God's word, I'm going to trust it. I am going to understand that he is God, and I am, were you ever, you know, when you were a child and your mom and dad said, you just got to do this because I said so, you know? You know, it's one of those points that where, you know, I am like an ant, and God is like holy and powerful and mighty. Who am I to question him? I'm going to trust his word, and I'm going to trust that he knows exactly what I should do. And where the Bible speaks on it, I'm going to obey it, because I'm the created, and he's the creator. You know what the, the, the greatest temptation was? You know, the, oh, I mean the first temptation. The first temptation that ever came was to doubt God's word, wasn't it? Like when Satan came to Adam and Eve, what was the first thing Satan did? He said, did God really say not to eat that apple? Come on. Did he really say that? It's the oldest trick in the book. And yet Satan keeps trying to get us to doubt God's word. He is always coming into our lives saying, yeah, but really, I mean, do you really trust God's word when it comes to this or that? Listen, don't doubt God's word. Don't doubt God's word. So the first part of this message, man, if I've got a decision that I've got to make, if I've got a choice that needs to happen today, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say, what does God's word have to say about it? Because where God speaks clearly, that's what I'm going to do. Man, that's what I'm going to follow. The choice has been made. I'm not going to doubt it. I'm going to trust and I'm going to stick with my Lord and Savior. So each week, what I want to do, again, I just want to give you a couple points to help you make great decisions and the first one is this, is what does the Bible have to say? What does the Bible have to say? Next week, I'll give you another one. Now, let me switch gears. Let me switch gears, and let me give you something to think about. Now, it's something to kind of chew on for this next couple weeks as we lead into the summer, okay? I want to present you with a decision that needs to be made right now, okay? Something to wrestle with, and man, I'm telling you that if you get this decision right, if you get your heads wrapped around this, man, not only will you have the best summer ever, but you'll have the best future ever, okay? And to start us with this conversation, here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine something with me, okay? Everybody, close your eyes. Let's, let's do it, okay? Then don't fall asleep. This is a dark room, okay? Don't fall asleep. Stay with me. But close your eyes, and I want you to imagine for a minute that everybody likes you, okay? Just imagine everybody likes you. Everything about you is perfect. Everybody thinks you're awesome. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how you look, man, you're just like the best 
person out there. Parents, even your kids think you're so cool, right? And, and dads, they laugh at your jokes, right? Now, doesn't that feel good? Okay, now open up your eyes and look at me because that's never going to happen. That is never going to happen. Trust me, two teenagers grown up now, they will not think your jokes are funny, dad, okay? That is not going to happen. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to imagine something else for me, okay? And you don't have to close your eyes, but just think about this. Imagine something that is possible. Imagine every day being so consumed with God, so consumed with living for Jesus, that I don't really care what other people think. The other people's opinions don't really matter. Imagine living your life filled with purpose. Imagine living your life filled with God's plan and the peace that comes from knowing that you are doing what God wants you to do. Can you imagine that? Because here's what I believe. I believe that God wants that for us. So here's a choice that I want you to wrestle with this summer, okay? Here's a choice that's in front of us. Am I going to choose the one or the many? Am I going to choose the one or the many? And my hope is, is that by the end of this message and sometime this summer, is that you get your head wrapped around making a decision to choose the one. And the reason that this is so important and the reason that this is so hard to do is because by default, what we do is we choose the many. We choose everybody else. We want to please everybody else in our life. And we live our lives to please the world around us. Why do we do that? Why is it so easy for us to choose and live for the many instead of the one? Let me me put it to you this way. I think... I think a lot of it has to do is that we don't really understand our purpose. Like, I think a lot of it has to do, we don't really understand our purpose in life or the plan that God has for us. And here's what happens. When we don't understand the purpose of something, we misuse it. We do. When we don't understand how something works or, you know, how to figure this thing out, we'll, we'll, we'll not use it the correct way. Let, let me give you an example of this. Um, how many of you know what Dogecoin is? Do y'all know what Dogecoin is? I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Am I saying that right? Dogecoin. It's this, um, this thing, I, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. The only thing that I really know about is that it's some kind of cryptocurrency, and the only thing I've seen around are these little signs. Have you seen this? To get rich and invest in Dogecoin, whatever that is. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. So I called my brother, because my brother is into the you know, all this kind of stuff, and he has a share or a percentage of it or something like that. So I was asking him, I was like, help me understand what this is. And there was this breakdown in communication because I don't speak computer nerd. So, sorry if that offended anybody. I didn't really get it, and I still don't really understand it. And so, here's where I'm going with this. Imagine if I had some money to invest. Imagine if I had a lot of money to invest. Let's say I had $10,000, and I was like, you know, this, this thing, it sounds really cool. I don't really understand it, but I'm just going to invest it. That's probably not a wise thing to do because I don't really understand the plan. I don't understand the purpose of it. I don't understand how to use it. Chances are I'm going to misuse it if I do. Now, if you don't know the purpose of something, it's good to be able to call the person 
or to go to the person that created it to try to understand it. So wouldn't it be nice, like if I did want to make this investment, I did really want to learn a whole lot more if I was able to call someone like Elon Musk. And I know he didn't make it, but whoever the IBM guy was that created it, if I could call him up and say, you know what, just could you explain this to me because I really don't understand the purpose of it. And get the creator to fill me in on why and how he created it. You see, the same is true for us. Man, we don't always understand where we need to be or what we need to do. And we don't understand the purpose of our lives or the plan or how to use our lives for God's word. But you know what? Here's the deal. It's so great to know that we can go to the creator to understand that. Like God wants to fill us in, but we don't do that. Instead, what we do is we don't go to the creator, we go to everybody else. And we go to the world around us to find our value. We go to the world around us to find our purpose. We go to the many instead of to the one. And that's where we get ourselves into trouble. Because anytime we're consumed with making choices based on what other people think about us, sometimes we tend to forget what God thinks. We tend to put off what God's plan is for our life. Let me give you an example of someone who made a terrible choice. And it's a little bit surprising because we label this person as, as so smart. I want to teach you a little story about Solomon. Uh, one that probably some of you have never heard. This is kind of the hidden story that doesn't get a whole lot of press. It's one of the last accounts we have of him. In 1 Kings, we read this about King Solomon. It says this, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. And then verse 2. It says, the Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel. This is a general rule for everybody. You must not marry, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Now, this is one of those commands in the Bible that you see God give his people all the time. Do not marry these people that have other religions that are a part of a different you know, area, because what they're going to do is they're going to turn you because God knows how much we struggle with this. They're going to turn your heart away from God. So don't make, and I guarantee you, King Solomon was looking at this and he knew the command from God and he understood what God said. And yet he didn't really understand it. Like, why would God say that? Surely God does it. I know he said it, but I don't really understand. And so what Solomon did was he married all of these foreign wives. And he took him into the castle. And the smartest man that ever lived fell into this trap. Look at the next verse. It says, Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. And slowly over time, we start to see Solomon's demise at the end of this book. They slowly started to turn his heart from God. And he began to care more for the many than he did for the one. And if this happened to the smartest man that ever lived, the wisest person, Scripture says, then it's probably something that we all need to grapple with because this happens all the time for us. We need to decide, am I going to live for the one and the plan and the purpose that he has for me or am I going to be more consumed with living for the many? 
It's a decision we need to make. Honestly, we need to make this every day. And before we go any further, let, 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 me, let me say this. When it comes to the plan and the purpose that God has for your life, I don't want you to think that we're talking about the big P purpose, okay? Like the big P plan in your life. Like the one big thing you're supposed to, like the one big thing that God has for you to do, okay? No, no, no. I don't want you to think that way when it comes to living out each and every day following the one, okay? Because here's what I believe, is that God has a plan and a purpose for each day, and he allows us to live into his plan by bits and pieces every day when we choose him over the world and we continue living into his plan. Because here's what happens. When we start thinking about the big purpose in life, like my big ultimate purpose, like what God has in store for me next, that we, our mind just runs wild. I don't know if you do this, but then suddenly, you know, I'm wondering if I should sell everything I own and move to Africa, right? Like that's a big purpose, like surely that's what God, and I, and I, don't want you to, I don't want you to think big grand scale of your entire life right now, okay? Because sometimes we get so overwhelmed that we just kind of put it to the back burner because I'm not ready to deal with that yet. What I want to talk about is how do we live out God's plan and God's purpose each day? How do I choose the one over the many? Because each day could be different. You know, each day when I go into my home, I know that my family is struggling with this issue. So me living out God's plan and choosing the one is to help in this area. Or me, when I go into my work and we're struggling in this area. Or there's this one person in my work that needs to know Jesus Christ. And so what I'm going to do is my plan and my purpose living for the one means I'm going to look for an opportunity to share Jesus with them. Because I know, I know they need to know who Christ is. And God has laid this on my heart. For a reason. So, we can live out God's purpose each and every day in bits and pieces. We just got to be open to following him. We got to be open to living for the one and being focused on the one and not on the many. So, let's talk about this a little bit more. Let me give you a few points to wrap up our time today, okay? That, that, that will help us. I learned these from Life Church, and I love this. I'm going to share these with you throughout this series. I love these points. Let me tell you what happens when you learn to choose the one. Number one is this. When I choose the one and live for God and Jesus alone, it diminishes my distractions around me. Okay? That's a blessing in our life. It diminishes the distractions. And one of the biggest distractions that we face and, you know, that we keep talking about is comparison. We're constantly looking around us to see what other people have. And we're constantly stacking ourselves up to see how we compare. And anytime we do that, we always find someone who has more or has better than we feel like we do. And we always come up short. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much you have. You cannot live by comparisons. They will distract. There are so many distractions around us. And we allow the many around us to distract us so much from the one. I remember there's one story in the Bible that I love, and it's the story of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah knew his plan. He knew God's purpose for this moment in his life. Man, he wanted to go back to Israel, and he wanted to build that wall, right? He wanted to build that wall around that. I just realized right now how that sounded. <laughs> Whoops, didn't mean to get political. Sorry about that. He was going to build the wall around Jerusalem, but he had two purposes for that. Number one, it was for unity for the Israel 
um, for their nation. Number two, it was for protection because they really needed it from the enemies of God. And so he's on that wall and he's building it and he had so many distractions. He had so many people coming up to him and they were getting in his way and they were trying to talk against him and they were trying to get him to come down and they were trying to trick him with lies. And it just started showing Nehemiah and it shows us that when you start living for the one, there's going to be distractions. When you start doing what you feel like God has called you to do, people around you, they're going to come. And they're going to try to distract you because they don't understand always what God's purpose is or his plan. And it's going to look weird and it's not going to sound right to them. So over and over and over again, they kept coming to Nehemiah trying to get him to stop doing what God wanted him to do. And Nehemiah says this in this verse. He says, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Okay, I, I'm, I'm living for the one here. This is, what, this is what God wants for me right here, right now. And I'm going to keep pressing on and you're not going to distract me. I cannot come down. Some of us, we need to take this verse with us. And realize that when we're living for the one, man, the distractions are going to come. When you're living for God's purpose at work, when you're living for God's purpose at home, when you're living for God's purpose wherever, when you're choosing the one over the many, man, you're going to be distracted. But you got to remember, man, I can't stop. I got to keep pressing forward. And that's what Nehemiah did. And when he did that and he was focused on the one and the plan that God had for him, Man, it started to push all those distractions away. The second thing it does when we start living for the one is that it pushes you through the pain. It pushes you through the pain. And somebody needs to hear this today because whenever you live for Jesus, whenever you're living for his purpose, right, it gives us motivation to keep going even when things are difficult, okay? And here's the promise, here's the promise. And I don't, I don't wanna sound all negative here, but it is painful living for the one, it's going to be painful living for the one and not for the many. That's just how it is. It, 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 it's like that all throughout the Bible. In every story, everybody had difficulty choosing and living for God in this world. And why would we think that we're any different? We're not. But when we understand that we're living for the one, and this is what God wants for me next, man, it gives me what I need to keep pushing even though it's painful. Even though I know it's going to be painful. I was reading this past week in Warren Wiersbe's um, commentary, and I love, he's one of my favorite authors. If you ever want to do some commentary study on any book in the Bible, he's got a great series called the B series. Um, you can check that out online on your Kindles. But it's great. And I was reading through the book of James. And James, the brother of Jesus, he puts it this way. When you talk about pain and the trouble that comes our way, he says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity an opportunity for what? For great joy. This is the brother of Jesus saying this. And as I'm reading through Warren Wiersbe's commentary, he points out a couple things. He said, focus on that word when. When trouble come your way. When troubles come your way. Not if they come, but when they come. As followers of Jesus, pain is part of it, okay? And it's part of living in this world when we choose to live for the one. It's not if it happens, but when it happens. And when it does happen, focus on that last word. It's an opportunity for joy. And you read that verse and you're like, really? Because when I have pain in my life, when I have trouble in my life, this isn't my first reaction, right? 
Like, I'm not automatically going into it going, oh boy, I'm going to have more joy. (laughs) Right? But what I do understand is that it's in those moments of pain, when we push through those moments, when I'm focused on the one, man, that's where I get to grow. That's where, that's where things are used for good. That's where God does a lot of work on us, right? So to me, when it comes to this, you know what the bigger worry is when it comes to living for the one? The bigger worry is, is when there's no trouble. I mean, think about that. When there's no trouble in life, when there's, when there's no pain at all, then I might get a little worried because guess what that means? That might mean that I'm living too much in the world and not for the one because when I live for the one, I can expect, I can expect, like I said in, first point, in the first point, the distractions are gonna be around me. I can expect people to throw up roadblocks. I can expect that to happen and the pain that comes through living for the one because this world is broken. And it's a good thing that Christ has come to redeem this world because in that moment of brokenness, we can still find the joy that comes for living for the one. So when we're choosing God and God alone and we're moving forward, that means it pushes us through those painful moments that we have in life. And then the last and third thing is that when I choose to live for the one, it empowers me to please God. It empowers me. It gives me greater strength. So not only does it keep the distractions away from me and it pushes me through the pain, but I get this extra power to keep moving forward for the one when I choose Christ. One of the best stories of this is Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb were part of a team that went in to scout the promised land. When the the Israelites were wandering around the desert for 40 years and they were ready, they were on the edge of the promised land, they were ready to go in. Joshua and Caleb go in with 10 other guys and they scout the land and they come back and Joshua and Caleb said, let's go, God is with us, we're living for the one. And the other 10 guys that went in said, no, 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 no. Hold your horses there, buddy. There's a lot of angry people in there and we're scared. And so they whipped up the crowd and then everybody got scared. And Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that were standing there going, no, 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 listen, 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 listen. God's given us this land and he's told us to go. We're living for the one, not for the many. So don't listen to what everybody else is saying. Let's live for the one. And yet they chose not to go. Thank goodness that Joshua and Caleb were empowered from their choice of living for the one because here's what that gave them. That gave them the strength to keep going And they were the only two people that got to go into the Holy Land. All those other negative Nancys that said no and just followed the crowd, they all got locked out. God told them they couldn't go in. It was only going to be Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb, they show us that when we live for the one, man, it gives us strength. And it gives us power to keep moving forward, even when it looks scary. So to recap, when it comes to those decisions you have to make in life, Living to please others can actually keep you from the purpose of God. Again, you can't please everyone. You can't. It's not possible. But you can please God. Okay, you can't. Let me say that again. You can't please everyone, but you can 
live a life that is pleasing to God. How do we please him? We please him whenever we live by faith, we please him. But whenever we trust him, we please him. Whenever we're obedient to what he wants and his plan for in those daily moments where God is directing us, when we choose him over the many, man, we're living for him. We're pleasing him. So if you want to make this the best summer ever, then I challenge you to make this decision every day. Every day, am I going to live for the one? Or am I going to live for the many? And today and every day, man, I'm choosing the one. Because that's where I find my plan and my purpose. Let's pray together. God, I just pray that you would help us with the decisions that we face every day. God, help us just to stop and consider at times. When we got those decisions that, that, that come our way, God, just to help bring us back to your word. God, we are so blessed to have your word as an instruction manual for life. So God, guide us as we search it. Guide us as we learn it so that we can have the confidence of knowing what you want for us each and every day. And God, I just pray for this congregation. I pray for everybody that's here. I pray for everybody that's worshiping online today that when we're done with this message and we go out into the world, that we would understand that the most important thing we can do is live for you. That's the most important decision that we can make in this this life, in this world around us is to give our heart and all that we have to you. It's, It's not in pleasing our friends. It's not living for the approval of everybody else in the next social media post or whatever it is, God, but it's, it's living for you. So God, help us understand that when we live and we understand your purpose for us each and every day, God, it helps us to focus. God, and when we, when we choose to live for the one over the many, that's, that's when we find fulfillment. That's when we find the joy that comes from knowing that you are pleased with us. And that's what we want. God, we want to please the one. We want to please the one that has saved us. God, we thank you for your salvation. And we thank you for being with us. God, and for guiding us. Thank you. God, be with us, we pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.